When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Zerber, I'm not today. I'm not in the mood today. Three, two, one, folks. Go. It is the Thursday edition. <laughs> <laughs> Let this a- be the opening. Folks, it is the Thursday edition of College Sports Now. I'm Stephen Hartzell. He is Matt Norlander from CBS Sports. Michael Serber is in the house. He's uh, he, he's he's stirring the pot. As always, we have a lot of college basketball to get to. We're going to talk about Xavier and UConn. Norlander was in the building. We're going to talk SEC, Alabama comeback win at home against Mississippi State. And we've got a uh, we've got a special guest. Uh, Rob Senderoff, head coach of the Kent State Golden Flashes, is going to join us in about 45 minutes. We're going to talk hoops and Pearl Jam. Before we talk about the action on the hardwood last night, Norlander, I have a question for you. Yeah. You are a writer. You value the English language. Things like spelling, punctuation, crafting words into sentences, paragraphs, mm. pages. These are all very important things to you. So I have a question about text etiquette, okay? Okay. You're on your phone. You're texting somebody. Mm-hmm. You guys are doing a back and forth. When they reply with one letter, K, yeah. does that offend you? It doesn't. In fact, I am I am often a K guy. Seriously? Yeah, I am what often about, a, okay. What about yeah. THX? Never. I, I, I won't say I've never gone to THX on someone, but that is no. That is a that is a thanks. Now, here's the thing. I am I am not always, but ninety percent of the time, I am also grammar insistent in my text messages. So I'm giving you I'm giving you commas. I might drop a semicolon. I'm giving you periods. Now, a part of that is because I also often uh, I'm thankful for this. I'm not. I don't. I don't live life through my phone the way a lot of other people do with texting because I've got a Mac. When I text, if you catch me, I've got my laptop open. 
So I will often send text messages and type it out on my computer through iMessage there, which affords me the ability to more easily and properly communicate uh, in, in grammar style. Now, as you say this, did I send you, we were in communication on Wednesday. Did I send you a K text? No, server Okay. Did. And, uh, and, I, I, and okay. hang on, hang on, Hartzell. You, you act know like you don't how do this, this all the time. Me. You know how much this offends me. I hate you do. It. Hang on. 50% of the replies you have to me, Hartzell, no. are K or THX. 100%. At least half of the texts I give you. Or, Norlander, let, please be the judge on this. Neat. Just someone just respond. You send them a text, maybe three or four <laughs> lines, and they just say neat. What do you think of that? condescending a-hole yeah yeah offensive yeah that's something hartzell does a lot <laughs> well hey i mean that is true but that's all like that's out of love i just when i when i'm giving you information about something that you're asking about or that relates to our day and i get a k or a thx which server you're not thx guys but you know who you are out there it it, yeah. it drives me crazy, Let, man. Let's say what actually happened, Norlander, so you can judge whether or not I was being condescending. Uh, Hartzell, who had not told me when he had agreed to tape this show with you, he didn't give me any sort of heads up whatsoever. At 9.15, I decided, well, I should probably reach out. Um, hey, what time are we taping today? Same time we always tape. That's not true. You said 9.40 a.m., um, which is not the same time. We've taped at 9.30, 9.40, 9.50. We've tried to work it around uh, CBS Sports HQ schedule, meeting schedules for us here at work. So it's not the same time. So I wanted to make sure. And he told me 9.40 a.m. And I just said, okay, that's it. Completely valid response. Oh, my Thank God. You. Of course you're Thank on you. server side here. Yeah, let's that's, talk that's, basketball. That's let's, let's, right, just, let's, let's just move on. Uh, Xavier K. and UConn. <laughs> I swear me, to God, guys. Me. I swear to God. Xavier UConn last night, Norlander. You were in the house. Fanta was in the house. Dignitaries, socialites, beautiful women. It was an event. You guys were willing UConn to win that game. Campbell is rocking. Stop. This was place not is willing shaking. UConn to win the game. I mean, here's the thing. Xavier got the dub in some, let's just call it what it is, heinous retro uniforms. Were, was you're out of your mind. No, you're, you are struggling at, at the all. plate today. You're struggling at the plate. What are you talking about? You dug those? Hell yes. Oh, man. Xavier has, and this will be detailed in my capsule on my Thursday Power Rankings, I think Xavier has the best. Now, the primaries aren't amazing, but they're solid enough, and they got the big X on the, on the shorts. Xavier has the best primary, alternate, and second alternate uniforms in college basketball. Three different different designs. I think Xavier's winning that race right now. And what you saw on Wednesday night was the second alternate, the ultra throwback. Those are back to the 70s. Those are That's a great look. Those aren't mind. even as good as UConn's alternates. Well, UConn's alternates, which I, I'm assuming are what you referred to what they wore last night, correct? Yes. Yeah, those are classic. Those those were even better. That or was an all-time uni matchup on one If Wednesday. you want to go back to like the Rip Hamilton, like the old school, you, uh, I, old school, I guess, what is that, like early 2000s, late 90s UConn? I, that qualifies. Those are strong as well. Xavier last night looked like a dollar general pit. I just You're, wasn't feeling it. Man. You dug those. Yeah, absolutely. That was, a, that was a great, great uniform matchup. And by the way, Fanta and I were not rooting for UConn to win. We were simply commenting on how awesome it felt because here's the thing. Xavier gets out to a 9 nothing run. 
Andre Jackson misses like his first seven shots. He's jacking up threes. They're not falling. It, it went from 9 nothing to 12-2. They, they were up 15 at the half. It got to 17 in the second half. And the Gamble crowd was just like so eager to have this be a game. It's Xavier coming to town. It's the biggest home game they've had this season. The weather turned from, I mean, I was driving in snowflakes the size of pancakes when I left my house in in, uh, in Trumbull, Connecticut, and then it switched to rain, but the weather situation actually, and the 6.30 tip time, which I'm all in favor of. I, I, all in on team 6.30 tip times. It just makes the night so much easier, I think, for the viewer, for the writer, for everyone. But I think because of that, it was a late-arriving crowd, and that, that building was probably... 80, it was it was like 50% full, 10 minutes to tip. At tip, it was probably 80% full. And then once you got to like the under 16, most folks were in their seats. Shout out to my youngest brother who actually went to the game, <laughs> bought tickets. He went with his girlfriend to like a UConn George. He's not even a UConn fan, but whatever. They went to a UConn Georgetown game. One of, I'm sure, you know, 75 people at that one. And then he got literally second row seats behind the hoop last night. Meanwhile, Gamble, and I don't care about this at all. I'm not complaining, but I had not been to Gamble to cover a game since the pandemic hit. And whereas it used to have floor seating for the press, which was awesome. I've seen some amazing, great games in that environment at Gamble right there on the floor. Tremendous stuff. They've now gone the uh, the the Dean Dome crow's nest route and the press seating is now all the way up in the corner. Well, there's no bad seats in Gamble, so it's not a bad view or whatever, but it was just ironic and funny that this was maybe the second or third time ever I had been covering a game at the same time that one of, I'm the oldest of four boys, so one of my three younger brothers had actually been at a game. And meanwhile, he's second row. <laughs> I'm all the way up there, but I'm happy that he was treated to such a good game there because to my point and why I, I didn't care who won, I wanted a good game in an amazing environment. That's exactly what we got. UConn made huge pushes, never actually got a lead in that one. Afterward, I talked with associate head coach at Xavier, Adam Cohen, and to my kind of surprise, because I've been at Gamble plenty of times, he said, and Cohen's probably 38, 39 years old, so he's been in college basketball for close to two decades. He said last night was the loudest road environment he had ever been in in his life. And I was like, seriously, the loudest? Because it got loud, but I was like, this was probably like the third or fourth loudest I'd ever heard Gamble. I've heard that building get ridiculous. And it did at times last night. Uh, it was... Uh, it was pretty pretty rocking, and they, they were able to cut into that lead, and it was a good push by UConn. But the story here is that Xavier has gone from a team, guys, that at the start of the season, and I detail this a little bit at the, at the topper of my uh, power rankings at CBSSports.com today. It, it, back in like mid-October, the outlook for Xavier was, okay, we've gone four years without making the tournament, which is something Xavier hadn't done since like the early 80s. Okay, Xavier is one of those bracket mainstays, obviously, but it had had a drought, and so it decided to fire Travis Steele after four years. You bring in Sean Miller, you know there's going to be some sort of verdict on his Arizona IARP case. You know, So it's the expectations were, okay, maybe we can be, like if we really click in Miller's first year, maybe we can be like the third best team in the Big East. And with that, like we hopefully we should be able to get to the tournament. That'd be just get us back to the tournament, doesn't matter the seed. And yeah, if something comes down the season and Miller gets sat for three games, six games, if it's the start of the season, middle of the season, like you just take that bargain. That was in mid-October. Now it's completely changed. Xavier is on top of the Big East, 
standalone first place, has a top five offense in the sport, is a viable Final Four contender, and is one of the three to five biggest surprises in the sport. It's not as big of a surprise as Purdue being a one-loss team going into its game tonight against Michigan. It's not as big of a surprise as even Marquette picked eighth or ninth in the league, and Marquette is in second place. It's not as biggest surprise as a Kansas State and what it's been able to done been been able to do excuse me but it's it's probably in that top 5 i mean Xavier right now at 17 and 4 overall and halfway through its league schedule at 9 and 1 with one loss in the past 2 months registers as uh as you know one of the major plot twists in the sport and Sean Miller is i had him i did a I did a list um for .com i think it was last week of my coach of the year candidates I'd still keep it the same right now. Tang at one for Kansas State, Painter two, and then I think Sean Miller is in third overall for National Coach of the Year right now. So you're very high on Xavier, and rightfully so. Gutsy road win. What do we do with UConn, man? I mean, we are we are a sub-500 team in the Big East, and for as good as UConn looked in November and December, Matt, they are struggling in a tough league, granted. But what do we do with UConn? Because... They're like a five seed and dropping in these projections that I'm looking mm-hmm. at these days. Yeah, I probably I, I haven't uh, broken down the math since the loss or anything like that. But if you ask, I'd say I'd blindly probably still put UConn on the five line. If you want, if you told me they were a six, I'd probably buy it. The idea that UConn, the UConn we saw get to 14 and 0. So they beat Villanova at home 74-66 on December 20th. That got them to 14 and 0. The idea that this team could be five and six, you know. 500 or worse midway through its its league schedule was unthinkable. Now, I talked to Hurley last night after I got with Miller, and I've talked with Hurley in in a variety of scenarios and situations after blowout wins, close wins, you know, <laughs> lemon booty type losses, blowout losses. I've talked to him all sorts of times. So I was I really wasn't sure what kind of Dan Hurley I was going to get, and it was refreshing to hear him not sound that defeated like he's not happy because they've lost six of eight man their only wins have been at home over Creighton a quality win and then they destroyed Butler just a few nights ago um Butler's terrible this year but other than that it's been it's been losses it's been losses against good teams Xavier they've been swept by Xavier this is Xavier's first regular season sweep of UConn since they've been in the Big East together which hasn't been that many years but still notable um UConn's lost at Providence. It's lost to Marquette. It's lost at home to St. John's, which is the real concerning one that happened 11 days ago. But Hurley was saying, we can, I think we'll still be okay. Like we can get this together. We can win the Big East tournament. I do agree with him on that. I think no matter where UConn is seated, and I think UConn could be anywhere between, at this point, guys, five and six, even if it gets it together, it's six in the conference standings. I think UConn could, if it really flipped it, I think the three seed is the best case scenario. It's the six right now. It's not going to be worse than seven. So three, be anywhere between three and seven is where it will be seated when we get to Manhattan and the Garden. Uh, they can win the tournament. That's for sure. And to hear him be pretty, pretty uh, optimistic, I guess is the word I would use there, was encouraging because he knows that like some of the things that happened like Andre Jackson just was not hitting stuff and they and weirdly enough the thing we were talking about was the fact that Jordan Hawkins went off. He had 28, he would have had 30. Hurley called a timeout in a three-point game with 20 seconds to go just as Hawkins was rising up to shoot. He made the shot. They gave him the timeout. Bucket didn't count. 
Bill Self did this two weeks ago, yes. and it wound up costing Kansas the game on the road against Kansas State. So that's a little bit funky. But you get 28 from Hawkins. Tristan Newton had 23. He's a transfer from East Carolina. And I was talking to Hurley, and I was like, if I would have told you, you get, you're getting 51 from those guys. You're assuming you're winning because either Sonogo or Donovan Klingon, they're two bigs. Like, you're going to get something from one of those guys. Those two combined for 13 points, and they were just okay. Like, Jackson was way, way off, and they weren't, they aren't getting a lot from their bench there. So, Hurley still has a lot of belief in this team. Um, it would have been understandable if I, if, knowing Dan and the way he is, if I'd seen him after, if he would have just had, you know, kind of been dripping in self loathing, had some sarcasm to dish out even off the record that's not what this was this was hurley saying you know we are in this weird slump we are going to get out of it we're we're too good not to we've got the roster to do it i've got the confidence in my staff that we are going to do it so just keep that in mind there like i, I guys i really think there's a chance a strong chance that uconn starts 14 and 0 as it did now it's 16 and 6 it's in this swoon it's next two are at DePaul and at georgetown yeah they're on the road got to win those games if Dubs. you lose one they got to be dubs. Now, if UConn does not win either of those games, then we got a real situation on our hands. But I can see them swooping back around here. They've got six losses. I could see them going into the Big East tournament with no more than eight. And you'd take that. That would make them 23-8 and eight overall. And they'd be in a good spot if that wound up being the case. Maybe you lose a game at Creighton. And maybe maybe you drop one more. They might they might only lose one more. I'm not saying they will, but when I look at the schedule, they get Marquette at home. That's a big one. I might wind up going to that one too. That'll be in Hartford. Um, they have Marquette at home, then they're at Creighton. That's in the middle of February. But then they're like home Seton Hall, home Providence, at St. John's, home DePaul, at Nova. And Nova's not that good this year. The schedule is much tougher on the front end for UConn, and it was actually much easier on the front end for Xavier. So I would anticipate from here on out, so UConn's got... Nine games left. Xavier has 10. I think that's right. I'm looking at this in real time here. Yeah, that's right. UConn's got nine. Xavier's got 10 Big East games. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me at all, and I'm in on Xavier, if Xavier has more losses between now and the Big East tournament, or now through the end of the Big East tournament. If you told me Xavier had more losses than UConn, I would buy that. I think that's actually a, a, a distinct possibility, but UConn's just got to... It's got to get it together a bit more, man. The perimeter defense is, is slumping a little bit. And then it's got to figure out, like, the Andre Jackson stuff is fascinating because I was talking with a few NBA guys that were on hand there just to, you know, do the scouting, do their usual stuff. And we were talking about best NBA prospects on the floor. And, I, and I'm and i curious about Jackson because he's very polarizing among NBA people. Some people think his athleticism, his reputation as a person, as a teammate, really good passer, can be an elite rebounder, elite defender. He's just a bad shooter. But because of all those other intangibles, some guys see him as like, no, he he's worthy of going in like the top 35, top 40, because he'll, he should have the DNA to be able to last two or three contracts in the NBA just with everything else that he does. But there are other folks who are just out on him as a prospect because he is so erratic and unreliable offensively. And there's a question of like, well, like, you know, maybe um, 
maybe you don't draft him. You sign him to a two-way and you see what he can kind of grow into. At the college level, I mean, he's a 29% three-point shooter, 43% from inside the, the three-point arc at this point. And he does a lot for UConn. He can really lift the team spirit. He's the soul of the team. But he started 0 for 7 last night and it put UConn in a hole. And because it was down so early, that wound up being the difference. That's why 40 minutes matter. If you get down early, sometimes you can overcome it, particularly at home. But when you're playing a team that could be a Final Four contender, like it can just one or two buckets that you can't stop in the first four or five minutes can wind up killing you at the end. And that's what happened last night at Campbell. Great environment. Loved it. I will ask you this, and that, that's a good download on on being at the game and, and the outlook for both of those programs in the Big East. Uh, if, if there's a squad in that league, Matt, that you trust more than anyone else, who is it? Is it Xavier at this point? Is it it is Xavier else? at this point. Okay. It's, it's Xavier at this point. Now, Marquette has the best offense in the country. Xavier has the fourth best. Xavier has more reliable scoring options and size across the board than Marquette. Now, Marquette's one, again, Marquette was not expected to be anywhere near the top two of this league. It's done well. Providence continues to defy expectations. It's eight and two in the league, sixteen and five overall. Creighton was the team that was preseason top ten in the country. Now I sold that idea. I did think Creighton would be top two or three in the league, and right now it sits at fourth in the league standings. It's twelve and eight. It's got a weird resume. I think it'll make the tournament. It's got a lot of talent. Creighton can beat Creighton's offensive skill and its size. It can beat anyone in the league. Um, Xavier to me is the most dependable team, but I it's. I won't. I won't shift off this point. UConn has lost six of eight. It's sixteen six overall, and it's five and six in the league. I think UConn, when it is most assembled and has every, if you take every team's best, Scott Van Pelt uses this line frequently, and I agree with it entirely. Take their best versus your best, maximum maximum capacity. I think UConn is the best team at its maximum capacity in the Big East. But it's gone a little bit monstars in the past month, and we'll see if it can regain that. Nice Space Jam reference there. That's right. By the way, I did not see the LeBron Space Jam. Was it any good? I haven't given that one second. Really? Okay. It was dreadful. It was like like it was. I'm not I'm not a LeBron hater. Like I'm not coming at like I, I think he's one of the greatest players that's ever played the game. I'm not going to try and argue otherwise. I think he's awesome. Um, and I've been saying that to my boys for weeks now. Uh, he was awful in it and it was awful okay excellent very good well we uh we, but he had told people that he had been telling people it was going to be bad you know way before well there we go. good to know i won't i won't waste the two hours server phenomenal movie review. what uh, hartzell uh, yeah. so i was i was you know got out early got to the game did a little riding from gamble and uh just just torrential uh, rain driving home is what it is. Um, so with that being said, I, I pulled in last night. I got back, I think at about eleven fifteen. Dialed on a little Utah State, San Diego State, sure Aztecs, big time win. So I saw some of that as I was writing. I obviously scanned the scoreboards, but for you, I'm just curious. On Wednesday night, what were, what was the the result or two or three that stood out to you? Because I want, I want your, I want your input. I know you were di- you were dialed in from six thirty till uh, at in, least twelve thirty at locked night. Locked in. I mean, you 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 know about the quad box. You know about the octabox. Eight at once. Yeah, most folks right. don't. I mean, some people just take this a little bit more seriously than others. Big night in the SEC, Matt. Just means more. Alabama come from behind, win at home against the Mississippi State team that led at halftime. Here's the thing, man. You know this. It's college sports. 
A bunch of 18 to 22-year-olds. They're all reading their clippings, man. SEC Big 12 Showdown coming up this weekend. Trap games. Avoid the trap. So Alabama comes from behind, wins at home. Number two team in the land. Could be number one if they handle their business and produce slips up. Not saying that's going to happen Thursday night in Ann Arbor, but it could. It could wreck your story because I know you're going on Sunday. I am. To a game I got a nice little swing here, man. I did Gamble Wednesday. I'll be at Assembly on Saturday for Ohio State, Indiana. Nice. And I've been there before, but it's been a decade since I've been there. And then, yeah, I'm making uh, my first ever trip to Mackey on Sunday for Michigan State, Purdue. We will see, to your very point, on that. I do have Alabama number one in my power rankings today. I have them narrowly ahead of Purdue. Although, to be honest, that's a function of... I. The power rankings are sort of a trending list, a hot list, and who's been playing playing the best as of late now Bama as you mentioned I didn't realize so it was it was trailing with like five six minutes to go so it would actually overcame that that's a little bit odd now Jans and that Mississippi State team they're 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 slumping mega they played a terrible non-conference schedule they got into the SEC slate and now you, you're really seeing what they are but his style actually can be a bit of a bitch to prepare for and so it looks like that's kind of what Alabama got itself into could have been a little bit of a trap game but a good time for the tie that they were able to overcome that and gets a 66-63 win. Um, the intriguing aspect to that, Hartzell, is that Alabama will play at Oklahoma this weekend. It's the final iteration of the SEC Big 12 Challenge because with the rights fees and media rights and all this stuff changing with some of these leagues, SEC Big 12 has been the non-conference last weekend of January showcase thing for a decade now. It's been a wonderful thing. I've loved it. We're getting Kansas-Kentucky this weekend. I once went to a Kentucky-Kansas game that was epic. That really was like a top three venue in terms of volume I've ever been in. Um, I bring this up to say Mississippi State plays slow and almost picked off Alabama because of it and did it in Bama's house. Now Bama's got to go to Oklahoma uh, an up-and-down Oklahoma team that is desperate for a, a, a big-time win that plays a kind of similar style to Mississippi State. So the Tide might be on some upset of watch. Again, remains to be seen if the Mississippi State game is going to better them to not get into a little bit of a quagmire against Oklahoma or if it might have wounded them a little bit below the waist and now they're uh, they're right for the taking over the weekend against the Sooners. Keep an eye on that one. I think that's one of the more sneaky, intriguing games on Saturday. Yeah, that's uh, that's one of the early games on Saturday as well. Auburn loses at home for the first time all year to Texas A&M. I don't think anybody saw that coming, but the Aggies kind of smoked them. One by 16, led by 15 at the break, and just kind of cruised on the plains. Does not happen very often. Not sure what I think of Auburn's team this year. Um besides the fact that, like most teams, they cannot be trusted. So SEC tournament in Nashville is going to be fun as we uh, as we look ahead. We're about to flip the calendar over to February, man. So it's mm-hmm. it's here. I mean, th- these conference matchups, even though we talk about the SEC Big 12 Challenge this weekend, uh, league game, Smokey. I mean, conference play is, is in full swing. It's a lot of fun. Uh, shout out to Houston. Way to get right on the road after you lost to the Temple Owls last time on the floor. They won in Orlando over UCF in what will be a Big 12 game next year. Houston That's, and UCF. I heard I heard you and Gary Parrish on the Ion College Basketball Podcast just gushing over the Big 12. Just absolutely in love with that league. Six Final Four be? teams coming out of the Big 12. <laughs> or six final four capable teams. That's, hey, that's not an inaccurate statement. Yeah, I know. Listen. A lot can if happen last night had, between listen, now and March. It's all a little saying. peek behind the curtain. If last night's UConn-Xavier game had been something of a snoozer or just not that notable, 
instead of leading this today's power rankings with some uh, some reporting from the ground there, that might have been my power rankings lead. Six Final Four capable teams out of the Big Twelve. I don't I don't think people realize that all six of those teams are capable of doing it. Don't tell me you disagree. I disagree. Yeah, I mean, I just do. think that at some point you got to draw a line in the sand here, buddy. You can't have thirty Final Four teams. Like you got to. Don't just, I might have? I might have more harsh. Twelve to fourteen of them, but six are coming out of that league. That's crazy. That's insane. It's not insane. I man. wouldn't be surprised. Wouldn't be surprised to see the SEC. Uh, kind of. I wouldn't be surprised to see the SEC nip the Big Twelve this weekend. Wouldn't be shocked if that happened. We got. Well, talk how about, about we uh, let's 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 pick the games right now. You want to go down the whole list? Do you have the SEC Big 12 slate in front of you or no? I, I can. can. Yeah, I've got it. All right, right let's here. do it. Let, let's do it. All right, stand by. Okay. It starts Saturday. And da, 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 we click here. We move on. Okay, very good. Um, High noon, Auburn at West Virginia. At West Virginia? It's in Morgantown. That is... Uh, there's no lines available yet. That That is just... Stay away. Stay away from this game at all costs. Um, I, I will take West Virginia with minimal confidence. Yeah, I, I, I can't. I can't endorse that selection. Even though okay. I just told you I don't trust Auburn. Okay. Alabama at Oklahoma, two o'clock in Norman. I will take Bama and another. I'll take Bama by fewer than five points. Okay, I'm keeping track of this because I think. All right, so yeah. right now you're following uh, me up on Monday. I want, I want to, I want to know. Roll Tide, uh, Iowa State at Missouri, two o'clock in Columbia. Did the Missouri? Do you listen? They were apparently. I think maybe it's today. They're going to reveal that they're going these throwbacks, these retros, block M, yellow. I've seen them? Yeah, I've seen them. Solid. I wouldn't say like top tier, but they're good. Fine. They're fine. They're good. Uh. Man, that's a that's a tasty matchup. I I give me uh, Iowa State objectively rates as such a better team than Missouri, but give me Mizzou in that spot. That's look good, feel good, feel good. That's shocking to me that you would take Missouri after tweeting about Iowa State being a team that quote no one wants to see in March. You don't want to see that team in your bracket. Yeah, you really don't. You don't. Another two o'clock game in Baton Rouge, Texas Tech at LSU. Let's just get this out. That's of the LSU. Way. Texas Tech is a disaster. Yes, they are. Okay, four o'clock at the Hump, TCU at Mississippi State. See, when you say like you think the SEC is going to pinch the Big Twelve, it's games like this that that give you a chance that, of being that's right. Correct. With that Don't statement. confuse it. I'm not saying the SEC is better. I'm just saying yeah. that Big Twelve's got some road games that people are overlooking here. I will take TCU in that spot. Of course you will. All right, four o'clock in Waco, Arkansas, Baylor. I'm That's going Baylor. Bears here. Baylor's That's hot. That's Bears. That's Bears. Nobody's talking about Arkansas Baylor. hasn't won on the road and it's wounded. That would be maybe the win of the weekend if Arkansas won that game. They need it, man. They that would be a steal for them. But Baylor's hot, man. They've won five in a row. Nobody's talking about Scott Drew and them boys. That's incorrect. I wrote about him on Wednesday for the court report. Well, you yeah, but you you. You're not feeding at the trough, Norlander. That's why we have you on this show, okay? Because <laughs> you, you bring a little bit of a different angle, all right? Let's talk Texas and Tennessee. I mean, this is this is a game. It's at Thompson Bowling, 6 o'clock tip. What a game. I'm going Vols here. Going Vols big. Rick Barnes special. Vols big, huh? 
burnt bah, orange bah, versus bah, orange. Bah, 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 bah. <laughs> Rocky Top's a banger. Let's That's just a let's, great song. It is a, if Rocky it, Top comes on at the club, like everyone's getting up. It's an elite song. You know, top it. five okay, song right. all time. You know it. You know it's top true. Top five song all time. Not, no. I'm not going there. Okay. Ba 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 ba. Uh. Give me Tennessee in this spot, but stay the hell away from this game. Okay. Now Tennessee's got to prove it can it can score in this kind of environment too against this kind of team. Now it's home, so it's got the edge, but that's a slippery one. What else we got? Florida, Kansas State. I think we know where this is going. K State, big. Yes, but we're gonna get some we're gonna get some weird stuff over the weekend. Florida's won five of six. Come on. One does K State is the one team of the six in the Manhattan. big. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I just so to make you feel a little bit better, if you force me to say you can't have six Big Twelve teams that are Final Four contenders, and you have to take one off the list, I would actually K State would be the team I would take. The off number that five list. team in the country is the one you're removing from that list. Big picture, yes. You need wow. to need to be able to to step out and see the forest for the trees. Wow. But yeah. you like them on Saturday. Man, a lot of these are tough. I yeah, I would, I would take K State, but I, I would probably take Florida to cover whatever number that will be. Okay, we're tied up at four apiece with two games to go. Okay. Ole Miss at Oklahoma State, eight o'clock, Stillwater. This is a horrendous game, but Oklahoma State is absolutely winning it. Are you getting the rumblings about Kermit in Oxford? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, yes, right. absolutely. I, I thought it might have been worthy of a of a scoop text, but sounds like you and I are on the same page here. Okay, very okay. good. Yep. Last but not least, main event, Kansas, Kentucky. Cats are hot since getting embarrassed at home by the Gamecocks. 8 o'clock tip. This will be, what do you think, Norlander? Pick them game? Maybe Kentucky minus a deuce? I looked at this for the pod, and I think it said that Kentucky was favored by one because I thought Kansas would be favored. What does Ken uh, Palm know? That guy's just hanging out on an Excel spreadsheet all day. What about the eye test, buddy? <laughs> what about the What do the eyes tell you? Uh, Kansas has lost three in a row. How many four-game losing streaks does Bill Self have? I don't, I don't know if he's ever had a four-game losing exactly. streak. He's never lost four in a row at Kansas. Exactly. That I changes Saturday around ten oh five Eastern. Someone's looked that up at this point, but uh, you know he was at he was at Oral, he at at Oral Roberts. He definitely had a four-game losing streak at one point. Tulsa, conceivable, probably not at Illinois, but um, eh, oh. A tough one. I, I huh. Give me Kansas. You're crazy. Yeah, give me Kansas. You keep betting on Kansas. I'm gonna. I, and by the way, I'm gonna have to pick these. I'm gonna have to pick some of these games again on the Friday pod for Ion College Basketball. Although those will be against the spread. So when you, if you are, listen. If you're one of the dedicated that actually listens to me on two different college basketball podcasts multiple times a week, I genuinely appreciate you and thank you. Um, but if you love this one, you like that one. They're different speeds. But I will pick. Kansas, Kentucky is going to be one of the five we pick on that one. I will take Kansas to cover the spread on that one for sure. Here's the thing about Kansas. At some point, yes, the Big 12, you can't say that the Big 12 is this good and also be shocked, concerned about what Kansas is going through right now in terms of the three-game losing skid. Mm -hmm. The TCU game was kind of an eye-opener, I guess, because... The Horn Frogs led by double digits for what? Just about that entire game. Rocket. But this Kentucky team might have found something 
Matt, we talked about it last week. This was a manageable stretch of games for Kentucky. And what have they done? They've gone out and won four in a row. Kansas is here. It's at home. But after this, at Oxford, home to Florida, home to Arkansas, at Georgia, at Mississippi State. Dude, if Kentucky can get this win at home, all of a sudden you're looking at a you're looking at a team that's dangerous and starting to find themselves at just the right time. And you know that place is going to be rocking, obviously. Blue hairs are going to be up and at it. No doubt about it. You talking about old people? That's <laughs> yeah. not okay, man. That's uh, eh, come on. That's I got nothing against them, but you know, there are certain venue like, you know, yeah. you got to watch out for them on the road, man. This Don't isn't the de- Hang on a sec. Rupp is not the Dean Dome. <laughs> It's not. It's not. It's not that. It's LJV. But there, the, but there is a Joel. contingent. Make no mistake about it. There is a contingent. Yeah, there's some old money hanging out at Rupp. Sure. The best old, the most active, and uh, I think the the most active old money, the best blue hair contingent in the country. Chapel I think Hill. Is, no, I think it's Arizona. Arizona's Arizona's got some retirees, and they I'll, are fired I'll up. I'll give you that. Sure. I think Arizona actually wins that. I'll yeah. give you that. I don't, I don't know, man. If you walk into the LJVM, there are like 20 people there who are under 65 years old in the entire arena. <laughs> yeah, they play every, in the band. Every game. Yes, they play in the band. Yeah, they're in the band or, or on the floor, like combined. I, I, maybe, maybe I got local bias, but I've never seen a crowd so old as Wake Forest. Go to Chapel Hill, buddy. Really? Well, it's just bigger. It's the same, but it's bigger. bigger. That's yeah, all. But they, they're, they're all coming out of the Rams club. They go out of the tunnel. They walk onto the floor. I mean, it's like... I mean, everybody's got the walkers with the tennis balls. Like, they're just scooting <laughs> right across the floor. It smells like a- applesauce and tapioca pudding everywhere. <laughs> yes. Everyone's asking everyone, do they serve coffee here? Oh, man. It's crazy. Oh, man. Um, we got to get the sender off here in a few, I know. So, a couple other... Uh, I just want to give a shout to San Diego State again. 85-75 gets a big home win. Tex. Tex, baby. That's a That's a... Uh, that's a good, good win, and this team has lost once since December 10th, and the loss was against a good New Mexico team. Mountain West is going to be well represented in the NCAA tournament. Better also, conference we'll sh- in the ACC, I'll, I'll grant you that. It is. Not in it terms is. of bids, but just in terms of quality of basketball. It could top. equal the ACC in bids. That's not, that's not unthinkable. It's not unthinkable. I thought I saw the ACC as a seven-bid league. Has that changed recently? The ACC is not a seven-bid league. Are you out of your mind? Okay, well, talk to your boy, Lenardi, because he's... He's not my boy. Okay, well, he's Not a seven-bid league. Not a chance. ACC? Not happening. What? Stand by. I mean, I I will pull this up. I could have sworn earlier in the week he had seven ACC teams going to the dance. So stand by. Let me just... Go ahead, bring it up. Got a lot of windows open here. Oh, he's got... He's moved Wake Forest out. So maybe that's changed things here. Uh, ACC, seven teams, according to Joe Lenardi. Not happening. Right okay. now you've got Virginia, Clemson, Miami, Carolina, Duke. Those are five. That's the five you're comfortable with. You might get to a situation where State, maybe Wake, maybe Pitt, one of those teams might sneak in for six. Six is the absolute best case scenario. They've got no shot at he's seven. Got he's got state enough. on the seven line, buddy. I'm just yeah. saying he's got Pitt on the eleven line, and they're not sending seven. I'm just telling you, will not happen. Okay. Yeah, league's not good enough. You got the it's not deep you enough. The There's too many quad three. This Hartzell, so we can cut this out. Cut it out. There's too many quad three landmines lurking out there. Quad three landmines. 
Just telling you. That's the problem with this sport right now, man. You're trying to explain like, how, you know, like what what do I need to keep up with? The AP poll, well, it's just it's it doesn't really matter. You got to get on Bart Torvik. You got to get on Ken Palm. You got to check out the ratings. And here we are talking about quad three losses. Yeah, that's quad part of the process. I mean, listen, speaking of landmines, by the way, did you see that uh, Goldeneye 007 is coming back out for the Nintendo Switch and Xbox? Oh hell what? yeah! Did I see? I saw. I saw that. Now I. I saw that. Remember about the proximity mines so in ago. the complex, baby. <sighs> Remember that. I. I will wait until after the season, but I. I. I do think I'm going. I don't have a switch. I do think I'm going to cave on this and get this. Yeah. Yeah. Cerber's got a switch. I got a yeah. switch and an Xbox. You. I don't think you have either of those, Hartzell, because I, you ain't getting yeah, yeah, switch. I got a switch, but yeah, yeah, kind of took it, and she yeah, you back. can't you can't have that. That's not yours anymore. That's, She's not going to let you play that. That's correct. That's correct. There's no way you're playing Goldeneye for less than six hours at a time. <laughs> Goldeneye brings back some very fond memories of simpler times. Life oh, is easier back in those sing days. Sing it, absolutely. P- pizza rolls and soda till three in the morning. Uh, yeah, just Mountain classic. Dew. Surge. Uh, just, Remember Surge? I used to surf on Surge back in the course. day. Norlander's never had a soda in his life. That's incorrect. Here's what we're going to do. We are going to take a break because Rob Senderoff from Kent State is going to join us here in a matter of minutes. So let's hit pause for now, and we'll head to uh, Matt Country to talk hoops and Pearl Jam with the head coach of Kent State. Rob Senderoff joins the show next. We keep it rolling here on the Thursday edition of College Sports Now. We head to the Mac. Head coach of Kent State is Rob Senderoff. He is kind enough to join us. Coach, thank you for giving us some time today. Uh, I would say, like, congrats on a successful regular season. I I don't know if you want to hear that, though, because you're in the thick of it. Like, what you've done matters, but it doesn't matter as much as what you're going to do over the next six weeks. But how uh, how would you grade how your team has performed so far this year? You caught me on the worst possible of days. I did, uh, yes. Because if you had caught me on Monday, if this was uh, if this was uh, taped on Mondays, I would have told you how proud I am and how happy I am with where we are. Uh, and then Tuesday night, you know, we, we took a, a loss to a team that's playing well, Northern Illinois, and they certainly deserve to beat us uh, because of how they played and because of how we played. But uh, disappointing because we were 6-0 and in league um heading into that game and and uh 16 and 3 overall heading into that game with a lot of people you know talking about us because uh going into Tuesday night our only losses were to three ranked teams so um disappointed in that game but if 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 we're going to talk about the totality of our season thus far um certainly proud of where where we are over over the last 36 games that we've played our team is 30 and six um over the last 36 games finished last year 14 and two uh to end the season and uh and this year start out 16 and four so um you know a lot of work to be done and 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 one of the things that's missing out of that 30 and six is uh we finished second in the regular season last year in the mac lost in the conference championship game in the MAC. Uh, so we don't have any championships to show for 30 and six in our last 36 uh, games. So um, we have 11 more regular season games and then our MAC tournament. And, and I'm hopeful for our players that, that we can find a way to, uh, to win one or two of those. 
Rob Senderoff has been at Kent State since 2011, basically as a 20-win team minimum every single season, with the exception of only one in 13-14. They would have won 20 games if they were allowed a full allotment in 2020-2021. Went 15-8. and Uh, For anyone listening that is unfamiliar, what Rob was alluding to there is lost at Charleston by two points. (laughs) One lost Charleston, lost at Houston, which is number one at Ken Palm, by five points, and then was leading Gonzaga... Remind us, were you up with like two and a half to go? You were up late, you know, it, were you? Up? Yeah, we, we were up four at the under three uh, at the under four minute media timeout against Gonzaga. Uh, they finished the game on an eleven zero run and and won by seven. We led Houston with a minute thirty to go, um, and we were up one, and we were leading Charleston with twenty five seconds to go. I've asked, uh, you know, the powers that be if we can change the games from 40 minutes to 38 <laughs> minutes because we'd be ranked number one in the country if the if the games were 38 minutes. But, uh, you know, Matt, I'll put you on that. I know you're 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 running a lot of stuff yeah. here now. So okay. if you can, if you along with you not letting the tournament expand, if yes. you can request 38 minute games instead of 40, then we'd be ranked number one in the country right now. I'll get right on that as soon as the show is done. What I was going to ask was, okay, any of those losses, like what is, and we will get to the good stuff, but I'm going to, I'm going to make you live through some pain here for a second. Uh, What is, as a coach, like, honestly, as a coach, what's, what keeps you up more? What is harder to accept a loss? Like what you had at Houston or Gonzaga or the Northern Illinois one where you respect the team you prep, but maybe it kind of sideswipes you a little bit because you don't anticipate with how well you were playing, losing by 10, even though it was on the road. Which, which one of those is, is harder to digest as a coach? Yeah, the, the harder one to digest is last night. Um, okay. and, and I don't know that everybody would say that. That's the harder one to digest from me, uh, from me because uh, one, it's a league game. is start there. Um, two, you know, in Northern Illinois is playing very, very well, so, so – I, I don't want to take anything away from them or how well they played. But, you know, the way we've been playing this year, we would have been expected to win that game. And um, you go to play Houston, and there's not a person on the planet Earth outside of the people in our locker room. And I don't even think my wife would have thought we were going to win that one. But I, I'll say, and my wife. So the, the, you've got those people. Uh, that would have thought that with a minute to go, we'd we'd be in position to win the game. So, um, you know, when you play a game like that against Houston, you leave the game. You know, certainly plays you could have made, things you could have done, but you leave the game incredibly proud of how competitive your team was, especially against, you know, use Houston, who who you have the ultimate respect for how competitive they are uh, to be going toe-to-toe with them, you leave with incredible amount of pride in your team and um, in how well you played. And then on a game like Tuesday night, you leave really disappointed in in not bringing that same level of everything, toughness, commitment, uh, you know, execution, all of those things. You you leave disappointed and, and hoping, you know, that, that we can fix that as quickly as possible because, you know, you've seen teams not be able to fix it too. I've been doing this long enough. Um, 
that that I've seen both. So um, the game's Tuesday night for a variety of reasons. When you lose that one, it, it's more disappointing. And and I've had every person that I that I talk to tell me, well, you weren't going to win them all, and you know you, you're entitled to a slip up, and and all of those things are true, except that I'm coaching the team. So I don't, I don't, it's easy to hear that from, from, from somebody else. It's not easy to live it. If that makes sense. Coach, do you subscribe though to the theory that, that sometimes a loss like the one you had at Northern Illinois can, can, can kind of help your guys uh, refocused and can, can, can kind of ground that locker room as you guys come down the stretch run of the regular season. In other words, can you benefit from a loss like that? From your perspective, ask me in the middle of March. uh, I'll answer that question. (laughs) Does does that make sense? Uh, That that's one that again, that's a TB to be determined. You know, when teams then go on a great run and and uh, you know and play really really well after a game like that, the answer is yeah. That game is what helped us. And then there's teams that you know don't do that and are inconsistent and nobody asks nobody says did that loss help you no that loss hurt us so i i I mean that sincerely ask me in the middle of march i hope you want to talk to me in the middle of march that means that the answer is probably yes okay fair enough you're allowing 63.6 points per game let's talk about something you're really doing well though this is Mm -hmm. this is comfortably your best defensive team Ever at Kent State comfortably. Yeah. Why? One, did you think you'd be this good defensively? You ranked 26 in points per possession at Ken Palm. Did you think you'd be this good? And exp- you know, you you do have some good carryover from last season's team. I know there there are new pieces, and but you, the group itself, the the core group here, like a lot yeah. of these guys were there last year, and you were just okay. How does a team get this much better year over year defensively? Yeah, great question. And uh, last year in league play, you know, uh, for league play only. We were the number one defensive team in the league um, in league play. And, and a lot of those same principles and a lot of those same guys, like you mentioned, are back this year. Um, we've taken a jump because the, there's been a tremendous commitment from our from our entire roster to that side of the floor. Um, we have two elite guards defensively in, in, sincere, uh, in sincere carry and Malik Jacobs. Malik is one of the leaders in the nation in steals right now, uh, and Sin is is an elite defensive guard, probably a better defensive player than he is offensive player, and he's a tremendous offensive player. So that starts it, and um, you know we have we have a lot of interchangeable pieces uh, around those two guys that have have really helped our defense. Kent State is atop the, the MAC right now at. 16 and four overall with a six and one league record tied with Akron in the standings. Um, we've had a few technical difficulties, but it's fine. I got one more hoops adjacent question. And then we have to talk about Pearl Jam before you get out of here. <laughs> uh, the viral moment from Wednesday night was uh, turned out to be a hoax, but uh, for a few hours, everyone was having a, a lovely time with it, with this uh, Loyola Chicago Duquesne game and what was believed to be a uh, a DoorDash or Uber Eats delivery person wandering onto the floor. Uh, turns out this is not the case whatsoever. That's a discussion for another time. But I bring it up for this reason. Being a mid-major coach, if you can scour your memory real quick here, Rob. Anything over the years at these mid-major facilities on these games that aren't on national television, weirdest thing to happen 
during a mid-major game? Anything remotely close to what we saw happen on Wednesday night? <laughs> no, I've never seen anything quite like that. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I'd say the travel sometimes, to me, the travel to and from these games sometimes, uh, you know, becomes nightmarish. Um, you know, our trip to Northern, j- just because that brings it up, our trip to Northern, um, you know, we had two buses that were taking us up there, and then we we flew back after the game. One of the buses didn't show up, um, just no-showed. And then after shoot-around, you know, the bus dropped us off for shoot-around. We're only at shoot-around for an hour. I, he, he wasn't he wasn't there when we got out and we waited for 30 minutes so you know i think we get a lot of travel um you know crazy stories with travel i can't remember uh an uber eats <laughs> delivery person or you know anything quite on the court or during the game um that that has you know surprised me quite like that uh Certainly not off the top of my head, but 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 the travel often times, you know, my my dobo, um, those guys are 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 incredible at their jobs and they sometimes take a lot of heat. I remember my first year, I'll give this story real quick. We my first year coaching as an assistant, I worked at Fordham and I was in charge of travel and we played Xavier at Xavier and we had a seven AM flight back to New York to the Bronx. And at those times, you had actual, you know, hard tickets. It wasn't all on your phone. So I had 30 hard tickets for a 7-10 flight. And, you know, we lost at Xavier. And we're at the airport at 6 a.m. And I had hard tickets. There was no flight. (laughs) The the flight that I had tickets for, it must have gotten canceled. I have no idea. (laughs) But we arrived to check in with 30 people. And I have 30 hard tickets. And um, we get to the counter and the guy tells us that the flight doesn't exist, that we're going to have to wait until 6 p.m. before we can get, you know, out of Cincinnati to New York. And and I worked for a guy at the time. His name was Nick McCarchuk, big, you know, like a Coach Huggins type guy yeah. uh, in his stature. I'll tell you what, I've never been uh, I've never gotten cussed out quite as <laughs> as profusely as I did. Uh, that day as we sat in the in the airport for 12 hours waiting to get back to New York. So the travel sometimes is 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 difficult. All right, coach, we have a segment that we do with Norlander when we have him on the show called Now Spinning because Norlander is a music snob and he is I know. a big I know fan. Very of, well. He's a big fan of tunes. So he tells me that you are a big Pearl Jam fan. Can you describe your fandom? Like, are you a super fan? Yeah, you'd call me a you'd call me a super fan. Yeah, you'd call me a super fan who's probably uh, you know a, a little bit beyond what what you know a normal person should be a fan of anything. How many live Pearl Jam shows are we talking here? Yeah, over twenty, uh, over twenty, under thirty, somewhere in in the twenty to thirty range. Um, you know, I grew up, I was in college when, 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 you know, they started, uh, in 91, I I really wasn't big into that stuff back then. Uh, I wasn't a huge music lover then, but I think when I became the head coach here is when I really started, you know, something to ease my mind, I guess a little bit. So I started to listen to music more. So I've been to 20 shows in the last 10 years is what I tell you. 
If you uh-huh. saw Eddie Vedder in an airport, would you go up and introduce Absolutely. yourself? Absolutely. Yes. 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 Okay. Yes. One of my one of my favorite moments. I actually uh, got to meet not Eddie but uh, Jeff Amit at at a show uh, in in uh, in Boston. They played at Fenway, and I got these uh, passes to meet him backstage. And he was actually as excited to talk to me because he loves basketball. I don't want to say quite as excited, but he was actually <laughs> interested to talk to me, which I found, you know, fascinating because it was the coolest thing for me to get a chance to talk with him. So that was pretty cool when when, when that happened uh, a few years back. That's that's awesome. Uh, Hartzell's going to have one more comment on Pearl Jam, but I'm going to save that for a second here. Uh, you, be- I believe you sent me photos some years back. Uh, present tense lyrics. So is it, that's yes, what's up in the facility, yes, right? Yes, yes. Okay. In my locker room. In my locker room, you know, obviously we have a lot of sayings, so we have a number of them. But my favorite one, uh, it, it says, it makes much more sense to live in the present tense, which obviously is from, you know, lyrics from their, their song, Present Tense. Um, and I think it's a really, you know, it's a a very, uh, you know, not not profound, but it, it's it's certainly as a, as a player, uh, something you should live by, right? And as a coach, too. And you can't look to to the future. You can't think about what happened in the past. You gotta you gotta live in the present tense as, as a player. So uh, that's one of the mottos or you know slogans that's up in the locker room. My players don't know where it originated from. Uh, okay. I obviously do, and, and why <laughs> it has meaning to me. Uh, I don't know. I can't sit here and tell you that it has meaning to all of these guys, but they hear me say it. You know, often. Uh, they hear me say it often because that that's one of the things I'll, I'll say. Hey, you got to live in the present tense, fellas. You got to live in right now in this moment. Yeah, we're so, gonna have you. Uh, I'm gonna have you rank out your five five favorite Pearl Jam <laughs> albums right now, one through five. We, or you can go the whole thing if you want, but uh, at least a one through five. Top five. Top five. Here we go. Albums. God. Yeah. It's funny you say that because I'm now, but the the day of games. You know, I now listen to, you know, I just go through it. I've gone, you know, I go through each album. Um, that's It's a really tough one to answer. I, I say 10 is number one okay. because it's, I think it's the best album ever made, quite honestly. So uh, I think 10 is number one. I'm uh, going to go 10, no code, uh, yield. Vitality versus, and I'm gonna go on one of the newer ones just to 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 give you a fifth, and I'll say uh, lightning bolt. So, wow. coach, as you're probably <laughs> you're killing, aware, you're killing me here. No, but, no, you're good. Yield's my favorite. Yield's my okay. favorite. But uh, but no, I, I I dig that. All right, Hartzell, say what you got to say. You're well, gonna uh, go he's gonna be fighting words. But go ahead, Hartzell. No, go coach. Ahead. I mean, as you know, Pearl Jam has their own channel on Sirius XM. Right? Yes, I'm sure you're familiar with this. So so do we? We really think that Pearl Jam should be in the same universe as Elvis and the Beatles. I mean, they're they're. <laughs> you think that's deserving? You don't think that one of these is kind of unlike the others a little bit? No. I'm assuming. Oh, uh, you got to be out of your mind. Man. Okay, Come on. I am. Listen, <laughs> yeah. Hold on. If you grew, it's, I guess it's like if I if I grew up in 1940, then yeah, okay. Elvis should have a station, and Eddie Vedder shouldn't have a station. If that's what, <laughs> I I grew up, I, I'm I'm a prod. I grew up. I'm I'm about to be 50 this year. 
there is no station more deserving (laughs) than than having a Pearl Jam station in my humble opinion. That's how I would say for if they didn't have a station, that would be a problem. That's how I view it. I think many, you know, many of my generation would would agree. I hope. Well, listen, based upon their following, many of my generation do agree. Yeah. Well, I'm 85, Coach. So, I mean, for me, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't correlate. Elvis. I've not one time in my life gone to the Elvis channel and said, boy, let me let me let me hear some Elvis tunes. No, (laughs) no, that's going to get me going for today. No, absolutely not. The king. He's rolling in his grave right now, Coach. Yeah. uh... Listen. (laughs) <laughs> and, and with all due respect to, to his fantastic uh, career. Very good. Thank you for the time. You agree with me, Matt, on that one? Oh, well, yeah. No, I, I would li- now, listen, here's where I uh, – we'll get you out of here on this one. I would agree with you that Pearl Jam, because of its immense live reputation, the, the volume of its studio work, and how many bootlegs, officially released bootlegs, it's put out – I would say having a Pearl Jam channel is justified. It's not quite as wide ranging and varied as the DMB channel. Obviously, it doesn't touch the Grateful Dead one because <laughs> of all their live recordings. But I think Hartzell's right. issue is that he thinks there's just not quite enough variety to validate having a channel. But you're gonna they are emblematic of a decade, and Nirvana does not have Doesn't enough have inventory to, right. to validate enough it. Inventory. And and neither does Soundgarden, neither does Alice in Chains. Pearl Jam's the winner. They deserve a channel. I, I we we agree on that. We don't agree with expansion of the NCAA tournament, but that's we correct. do agree, we do agree on on that. So that that's good. I'm glad to hear that, Coach. Thank you for the time. Uh, best of luck the rest of the season. Hopefully, we can do it again in March. Okay. Sounds good. I hope so. Thanks, awesome. folks. Thanks, Very good. That Thanks. is the head coach of Kent State, uh, Coach Senderoff, joining us and talking uh, talking tunes. That was phenomenal. And and listen, I. We're kind of up against it here, and and that's on my fault, or that's on me because I have a job to do, and and we've run late today. But I, I, I mean, Pearl Jam is fine. They are fine. Are they? Are they even the best band of the '90s, Matt? No, no. But but among the five most important, and when you see what the disaster is that Ticketmaster is right now, Pearl Jam was right. I don't know that they're one of the five most important. Mm, I would say they are. Yeah. No. I mean, yeah. honestly, if we're talking about impact on pop culture and society, you got to get into the late 90s and start including some of those boy bands who had way more influence on the world in pop culture than Pearl Jam ever even thought about having. Wow. How about how about you combine uh, uh, Destiny's uh, Child, TLC, like music became more than just Let's get okay, R.E.M. their own channel on Sirius XM. Let's get Green Day their own Pearl channel. Pearl Jam sucks. <laughs> God almighty. I'm, I'm here to say it now. The coach is off. Pearl Jam sucks. They're one of the <laughs> worst bands, oh, most God. overrated He's, bands of all time. He, but they have one away. good album, and it's called 10. Put the and they away. really, really, really shit the bed after that. <laughs> you terrible are that is Server has never been more wrong on this podcast. Ever. Hey, maybe maybe sing a word someone can understand, guy. Just one That's, word. I will put Actually, Eddie- actually my issue is not with Eddie Vedder cuz his Into the Wild soundtrack is tremendous. Temple of the Dog is really good. Sad movie, by the way. Uh the the, the Pearl Jam not good. Wow. Eddie Vedder Very mediocre. Dave Very Matthews. average. A lot of bands <laughs> sound like Pearl Jam. They did the same like we have Pearl Jam to thank for a lot of really bad music. I That's feel not inaccurate, that. but 
Pearl Jam is is not to be explicitly lumped in with those just because they're rapport imitators. I would disagree, Interesting. But that's fine. That's fine. I, I I would love to revisit this conversation maybe over a couple of pints of ale with uh, with Rob Senderoff, <laughs> but that was good stuff. Nice nice Pearl Jam talk from the Kent State. He's never coming on the show again. Yeah, after he, this I mean if he home, hears so. Cerber just absolutely <laughs> no. trash Pearl Jam, he will never be a terrible back on band. The show. That is okay. inaccurate. His name is Michael Serber at L underscore Serberino on Twitter for all of you folks in Seattle who are very angry right now. Yeah, please. they're not. They're not good. Yeah, there was. They are. They are not even a top three band from Seattle in that time. Hey, put the piece away, buddy. It's going to be all right. Seriously, it's just. It's just. Are we rapping? Opinions. By the way, there's no more weekend preview. You, you got to get out of here. I've got to. I, I will give you the chance. We've already talked SEC Big Twelve challenge. Okay, Give I'll be me real the quick. Top three games of the weekend that do not involve either of those leagues. Yep. All right. Let me give that to you because uh, by the time you listen to this on Thursday, there's a couple tonight, but whatever. We'll we'll move on from that. Top three games of the weekend: Xavier at Creighton, twelve fifteen CBS Saturday. Certainly one to watch. I'll be in the air at that moment, so I will not get to see that in real time. I'd keep an eye on that one. Uh, I, this would not be a top three game of the weekend, but eight Eastern on Fox is Ohio State and Indiana. As previously mentioned, I will be in the building at Assembly Hall. We'll see Two if Mike Woodson is... ranked teams hanging out in Bloomington. Trace Jackson Davis is the first team All-American, though. That's really why I'm excited. And Indiana's the bonus. I'm going because I'm going to be game two to watch is Michigan State at Purdue on Sunday. That is a 12-15 tip on CBS. Leads you into conference championship Sunday in the NFL. I've never been to Mackey. Extremely excited. That's a big-time, big-time matchup to watch. 12-15 on Sunday. And then third best game to keep an eye on. Intrigue. That's not Big 12 SEC. I'm scanning here for you, Hartzell. I would say... <sighs> Narrowing it down is just not easy for me. But I'm going to say, I'd say let's go to Sunday. I know this isn't your bag, but uh, Rutgers plays at Iowa at 2 Eastern on the Big Ten Network. And oh Rutgers God. is a top 20 team right now, according to Ken Palm. 14-6, and six, resurgence, Iowa. It's been better as of late. So the SEC Big 12 stuff is going to take up the majority of the watchable games this weekend, in addition to what I just gave you there. What time is that Rutgers and Iowa game? 2 Eastern on Big Ten Network on Sunday. Who in their right mind schedules a game on the Sunday of conference championship <laughs> games at 2 o'clock in the afternoon? What are we doing, guys? Be better. Like, I would expect this out of the American Athletic Conference, not the Big Ten, okay? Be Georgetown, St. John's, Fox Sports 1, 2 o'clock Sunday. Are you and Jerry Palm getting some brews and brats before the game? Uh, not gonna happen. I got a, I got Bloomington late. That's an eight o'clock tip. Then I got a two hour drive Come up on, to West man. Lafayette. I'm going to be, I'm hoping to be in my hotel room by like one thirty. I thought you were just crashing at Palm's place. <laughs> no, That'd be awesome. I don't think he lives in West Lafayette. It doesn't matter. He's, he is the Purdue okay. super fan. You guys are CBS brethren. Like, why not just hang out and crash at his place? That way, I mean, you're killing two birds with one stone. You come on CBS HQ at the same time. You just pop in there like the Collinsworth slide. All right, last but not least, Serber, who's playing for the Super Bowl? Quickly. I don't even know who's in the championship games. Oh, my God. Unbelievable. I I, I know. I'm going to say Joe Burrow's still in it, right? Yes. All right, so Bengals from the AFC uh, and Eagles from the NFC. Matt? I'll uh, before I forget last night before I went into the the game at UConn. There's a nice little like um, like 
quasi village type vibe right next to campus with a bunch of little restaurants there. And I go in and I, I get myself something at uh, Dog Lane Cafe. But as I park my car, what I get out and what do I see? Closed, by the way. Subway. I looked at it with disgust on behalf of the podcast. Thank you. Um, Thank you. Give me, uh, give me Pearl Jam ass sandwiches. Okay. Just gosh. Give me Chiefs over Eagles in the Super. I'll pick the Super Bowl again in two weeks. But uh, yeah, I'll say Chiefs win 34 24, and I'll say Eagles win. Eagles get it 23 20. Eagles win by a lot. Chiefs win by a little. Those are my uh, those are my championship game predictions. I just dropped a purple pen all over my shirt. Are you kidding me? <laughs> God, how did you? What do you mean? Did you I, like bust I gotta it go. on there? I gotta go. I gotta go. It's a felt tip pen. This isn't gonna come out. I'm. I'm in. I'm in. Oh God. See, Enjoy the weekend. Uh, oh, I, hey, we're, as we go, as we go, I travel Monday. So I uh, next show, it's just gonna pop in the feed when it pops, and we got to figure all that stuff out. We will be on the text thread. Okay. Okay. Thanks, THX. Enjoy your weekend, everybody.